So uh, be that as it may, I can't heal anybody anyway. Jesus is a healer. Is that, is that right? Sure he is. But he's still in the healing business. Don't ever forget it. Now, um, in uh, this series, we're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, some introductory material today, and then we'll get into the actual fruit next week. You know, in the Bible, as you study the Bible, beside the fruit that you eat, beside the fruit that you eat, you know what I'm talking about, fruit that you eat. Now, Adam ate, ate, apparently ate some fruit, didn't he? Him and Eve, and that, did, well, that didn't turn out too well, did it? We're still su- suffering because of that today, aren't we? Is that right? And, uh, but there's fruit that you eat. My favorite fruit's bananas. I like bananas. But beside the fruit that you eat, there's two other kinds of fruit mentioned. Now, you might be able to find other sorts, but there's two other major kinds of fruit that's mentioned. The first one, you'll see it in James, the fifth chapter and the seventh verse. It's souls, souls, souls. God looks at souls. When, 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 when people repent and turn to Jesus and receive him... Uh, and they get saved, he, he, he sees that as, as a, a production of fruit. He sees the, the, the souls of men and women as fruit, you see. And James 5, 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, to the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives it early in the latter rain. And what this is having to do with, the reason that Jesus hasn't come back yet, he's, he is coming. How many of you know he is coming? Oh yeah, he is, um, and we're closer to it now than we've ever been. But what, one of the things he's waiting for is the precious fruit of the earth to come in. He's waiting for as many people to be saved as possible before he comes. So you need to realize that, that as we go out and win people to the Lord, uh, as we do that, see God sees us as fruit producers when we're leading people to Christ. Did, did you get that? Now that's vitally important that you understand that. And I think it's the, the first and foremost way that we can produce fruit. The first and foremost way that we produce fruit for the kingdom of God is to be soul winners. Is to be soul winners. A lot of times people, they start thinking about the, the actual fruit of the Spirit, which we're going to read about here in just a moment. But that's really uh, uh, not the first in importance, the first in importance is being a soul winner, being a soul winner. As you go win people to the Lord, God sees you as a fruit producer. If you are not winning people to the Lord, or at least if you're not telling people about the Lord, now you can't make somebody get saved, but you can sure tell them. Is that right? That's why we, we have these tracks here that we, we pass out to you every week. We encourage you to give these out or put them in strategic places or you know, however the Lord leads and directs you. But what are we doing when we're doing this? We're, 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 we're attempting to produce fruit. Is that right? Or we're, we're being fruit producers. We're, we're, you know, you've got to be a soul winner to be a fruit producer. You need to understand that, okay? Did, did you get that? So if we're not, if we are not telling people about Jesus, God sees us as, as non-productive. Did you get that? I want, I want to just, just go a little slow right here. I want you to get that. Because when you talk about fruit, a lot of times people start thinking about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, and so forth. First and foremost is what? It's, realize, say, soul winning. soul winning. See, and if you're not 
telling people about the Lord, God sees you as not productive for the kingdom of God. Doesn't mean you're getting everybody saved that you talk to about the Lord, but you gotta be a witness for him. You gotta be telling people or, or spreading the gospel in some way. Are you okay with that? So if we're gonna be productive for the Lord, we need to be telling people about Jesus. Now after souls, then the second type of fruit is found in Galatians 5, 22. 23, this will be the main text for the series that we're going to be starting here over the next several weeks, you know. And uh, uh, <clears throat> notice here, but the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Now you'll see as we go along here, this is the born again, the born again human spirit. When you, you see, when you get born again, the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit ultimately is, is causing the fruit. You understand that? See, this is capitalized in the, in the uh, uh, King James, New King James Version, Spirit is capitalized, if I'm not mistaken, which you think it's the Holy Spirit, and certainly the Holy Spirit is the, is the initiator of the fruit of the Spirit. But when we come to Jesus and receive Him, we get born again, our spirits get changed, the Holy Spirit changes us, we become new creatures in Christ, the Bible says. And then when he changes our spirit, we get born again, then our spirit, because of the work of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, then our spirit is capable of producing nine fruit. Nine fruit. As listed here, notice the first one is, and and the most important one actually is, what? Love and then joy, and then peace, and then long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. And uh, these are considered the nine fruit of the Spirit. I'm sorry, yeah, fruit of the Spirit. And these are nine things that should, we all should be producing, that we all should be walking in. Love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. And I think the King James says faith, but it's actually faithfulness. Gentleness and self-control. Wouldn't it be nice to be around people that had all of these? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be nice if all of us had all of these operating in our life and And, and again, such there is no law. If we're walking, if we have these fruit in our life, then, then, then if we're doing all this stuff, we're not going to be breaking God's word. Against such there is no law. We're not going to be breaking his word. You understand that? And so, over the next several weeks, we'll take a look at each one of these. We may do one a, one a day, or we may double up, do two, two of them in a, in a service. We'll just see how, how it goes. But it's very important that we have these nine fruit all in fullness in our lives, okay? So we'll talk to you about what they are and how to have them growing. And Fruit can grow, can it not? We'll show you that. Fruit can grow. I'll show you how, how you can have more or less love in your life at any given time, more or less joy, peace, so on and so forth. How many of you agree with me? You've had more peace at some times than others. And so we'll, we'll talk to you about these and, 
and how to, how to have the fruit of the Spirit. See, when you get born again, you have the capability for the fruit, but the fruit needs to grow and increase and increase and get more and more and more and more. And so we can, uh, we can uh, uh, develop in these nine, nine fruit. It'll be good. How many of you like to meet a kind person? It's a kind, kind, goodness. We'll talk about these. But before we do, I want you to go to John, the 15th chapter. So, so we'll, we'll get into these next week. We'll start with love next week and move on through them. Be very good, very interesting. Um, and, and you'll see how important they are, I think, after we read some of these next verses. It's important that we bear fruit. Did you know Jesus is looking for us to bear fruit, as we'll see here? Look at John 15, verse 1. Jesus said, I am, this is our Lord and Savior now talking. He said, I am the true vine. My Father, that's God the Heavenly Father, is the vine dresser. Every branch in me. Now, this is, this is, some, this is some serious stuff we need to really listen to here. Some of it's fairly tough. Did you know Jesus says some tough things? And he says a lot of good things. How many of you know everything he says is good? But what I meant to say is, not everything Jesus says is, 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 is all flowery and sugary. Did you know that? Now, how many of you know he says a lot of flowery and sugary things? But he doesn't, all of the stuff Jesus preaches is not all flowery and sugary. One preacher said, I heard him, he said, all I ever preach to my congregation is the happy Jesus. You want to stay away from that kind of thing. How many of you know Jesus is happy? But there was also a time where he took a whip, didn't he, and cleaned out the temple. So, so we need to, I like preaching the happy Jesus, but you also need to preach the Jesus that cleaned out the temple and cleared it out. You've you got to preach the whole, I want to preach the whole Jesus. And so you're going to see, he's going to say some things here that are very, what we would think is very, very nice, but some things that are pretty blunt that we really need to take a look at. He says here, I'm the true vine, verse 1, my father's the vine dresser. Every branch in me, now how do you become a branch in him? You get born again, you get saved. But he says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he, the father, takes away. That, that, that's, that has my full attention and that scares me. I said, it scares me. It should have our full attention, and it should get our attention. It should bring some... (laughs) Pastor, I don't want to hear anything that scares me. Then you shouldn't listen to Jesus, because he says some things that will sober you up. You understand what I'm saying? He says a lot of things that bring... How many of you know he said, I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly? But he also warned about hell, didn't he? Okay? So every branch in me that does not bear what? Does not bear fruit. Now what's he looking for? He's looking for soul winning, right? He's also looking for love, joy, peace, and the things we just read. He wants to see those too as well, right? And if we aren't winning souls, at least telling people about Jesus, if we're not developing in love, joy, peace, uh, long-suffering, kindness, you know, patience, all these things, if we, then it said that he would take 
us away. And every branch that bears fruit, uh uh-oh, now, you say, Pastor, I got a lot of fruit. I got a lot of fruit. I'm winning souls. I'm, I'm developing in love, joy, peace, all these things. Well, you know what? Whenever you're developing fruit, guess what the Lord does? He gets the, he gets the hedge trimmer out. And what does it say here? Every branch that bears fruit, he what? He prunes. Why? That it may bear more fruit. I know the guy that does our grounds work here, he does, he does a very good job. He's worked for us for some 20 years now. And I only question one thing that he's ever done, these bushes out here, uh, south entry, those, those shrubs out there. We asked him to trim them back. So we trimmed them every year, and I just got tired of doing it. So I said, well, when you're up here cutting the grass, just take care of those. And I went there, and I looked. I, you know, I came, drove up to the property one day, and I got out of the car like the fell on the ground. Oh my gosh, because it looked like he, he just looked like he tallywhacked them. You know what I mean? I mean, he just absolutely, it looked like there was nothing left. And the only time I ever questioned anything he did, and I called him on the phone, I said, what in the world? I said, I said you're great at what you do, but what, what were you thinking when you, you know, he gave him a crew cut. He said, oh, that's no problem. I just pruned them. I said, you what? He said, I pruned them. And you know what pruning, I mean, you cut, cut it back, just there's almost nothing left. He said, but just wait later in the year, what, in, in, in next year, what it's going to look like. And boy, I tell you what, he was right. They came back fuller and better than ever. So you see, when we are, now if we're not producing fruit, Jesus said the Father would take us away. What does that mean? It's not a connotation of something good, that's for sure. And every branch that bears fruit, he does what? He prunes. So if you are bearing fruit, he's gonna start pruning you Why? So that you will what? Bear more fruit. You must understand God wants production out of us. He wants us to bear fruit. Remember the parable of the talents? How many remember that parable? And each one was given a certain talent, one five, one two, I guess, and one one, and so on and so forth. And when Jesus came back and looked, looked at things, he was interested in production. He wants us to produce. The one that had the one talent, remember what he did? He did nothing with it. He just buried it in the ground. You ought to read what happened to him. It was was not a good thing that happened to him, was it? Talked about weeping and gnashing of teeth, that that guy. Outer darkness. I'm just... We must be producing fruit. God's looking for fruit. He wants us soul winning. He wants us developing in love, joy, peace, and all these diff- different fruit we mentioned. Do you understand that? Pretty blunt, isn't it? Then verse 3, he said, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Then verse 4, he said, abide in me. That means to dwell in, to stay in, to make your abode in. And I in you... As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So we cannot produce fruit unless we're abiding in Jesus. And then verse 5, he says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear what? Much fruit. So you say, how do I bear fruit? How do I bear fruit? You're going to have to spend time 
You're going to have to abide in Jesus. How do you do that? Well, Jesus is the Word made flesh, right? So if you want to abide in Him, you need to abide in His Word. Stay in His Word, read it, study it, and then, and then live it, right? Verse 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Now watch this. He says, if anyone does not abide in me, <clears throat> he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and are burned. That's, that, that's, that has my full attention. How about you? Verse 8, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you'll be my disciples. How can people know that we're a disciple of the Lord whether or not we have fruit in our lives? I believe in God, people will say. Well, the book of James says the demons also believe and tremble. If you're really born again, there's going to be fruit of that in your life, isn't there? Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. How many of you missed it this last week? Somewhere or another you missed it. I mean, I missed it. Didn't have to. I, I goof up. I messed up. None of us are perfect, but there needs to be fruit. And if there's no fruit of that, if there's no fruit that you're saved, there's no evidence of it. I question whether or not you ever got saved to start with. There needs to be some fruit. Jesus is looking for fruit. The heavenly Father is looking for fruit. And then verse sixteen said, "You did not choose me; I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit." And that your fruit should remain. Is he interested in fruit? And you know what fruit is, don't you? It's winning souls and developing in love, joy, peace, and so forth. That's what he's looking for. Now look at John 13, 35. Jesus said this. He said, by this all will know that you're my disciples... Now by this, all will know that you're my disciples. If what? If you what? If you have love for one another. What was the first fruit mentioned in that list? So, so how, can we, how can we prove, how can we prove that we're a disciple of the Lord? <clears throat> if we have what? Have love for one another. <coughs> we have love for one another. <clears throat> I think whatever jumped off on you might jump off on me. Huh? <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. Kind of reminds me of Wrestling at the Chase. Anybody ever watched Wrestling at the Chase years ago? Dick the Bruiser. He'd go out there and take Larry Matasek's water and just dump it on his head. <clears throat> oh, well. <clears throat> no. Anyway, <laughs> so how do people know that we're disciples of the Lord? Because we what? We love one another. Now look at Matthew 7, verse 15. 
You see, we're known by the fruit we produce. We're known by the fruit we produce. If you're taking notes, you might want to write that down. We're known by the fruit we produce. By this all, we'll know that you're my disciples if you have love for one for another. We're known by the fruit we produce. Notice Matthew 7, verse 15. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. How many of you know a false prophet? You can't really tell just on first examination whether or not they're false or not. You have to examine them. The Bible says we're not to be judgmental, but we are supposed to judge things that preachers say. I like what one person said. He put it this way. We're supposed to be fruit examiners. How many of you, when you go down to Schnucks or Deerberg's or Walmart or wherever it is and you buy fruit, if you're like my wife, you don't go in there and just start putting the fruit in the... You, you look at... You, you look... You check the fruit out, don't you? Don't you? To see, to see if there's any bruises. I know I go, I, look, I like bananas. I go look at this, this time of the year, you get a lot of green ones, you know. They're not real ripe. How many of you like a nice ripe piece of fruit? See? How many of you, you've ever cut into a watermelon before you cut into it? You're saying, boy, I hope this baby's red and sweet. I mean, you know. But you don't know until you what? Cut into it. And you see, uh, we're known by the fruit we produce. And uh, like a false prophet, for example, they'll come in sheep's clothing. A false prophet will look just like a minister of the Lord. The Bible says that, the, that, 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 that Satan can transform himself into an angel of light, and so can his ministers. That's why you have to know the Word of God. So you can tell whether or not what a preacher's telling you is right or not. He said, beware false prophets, come to you in sheep's clothing, inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You'll know them by their what? By their fruits. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Certainly not. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, every bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree... Watch this one here now. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. fire. That has my full attention. And then he says, therefore by your fruits you will know them. Now, fruit's pretty important, isn't it? Now, now, you do examine your fruit, don't you, before you buy it at the produce market? How many examines their fruit before? Okay, most people do. Did you know there's fake fruit? How many of you, you've ever walked into somebody's house, and on their kitchen table, there's a bowl of fruit? Looks real pretty, doesn't it? But you wouldn't want to bite into it because you're going to need a good dentist if you do. Why is that? Because it's fake. It's not real. It's probably made out of wood or something like that. Have you ever seen that besides me? Yeah. But then there's a... And then sometimes there can be a fruit basket that's a real fruit sitting right next to it. And it's hard to tell the difference, isn't it? 
And you, you can't really tell a lot of times. I mean, there's been times when I was losing all that weight that I'd come up from exercise and I was so hungry, I looked at that fruit basket that we have on the table that's made out of wood. I was looking at that. I was going to go for, go for a banana out of that. But I would have needed a good dentist, wouldn't I? I broke my teeth. You better watch, watch fruit very carefully because there can be fake fruit. People can have fake fruit. I've seen it for years, pastoring church and being around church people. Sometimes the only time that they have any fruit is when they're at church. And they look like most lovely people and most kind and good and gracious until they get in their car and they don't even get to the driveway and they start crabbing and complaining about how the preacher shouldn't have said that or should have did this or how, how the worship didn't go quite the way they wanted or this, that, or the other. Or you see them at Walmart and somebody, you know, cuts in front of them and they cuss them out. <clears throat> I said cuss them out. I mean, having fruit at church is, if, if the only place you have fruit is at church, your fruit is fake. You, you Okay. We need to have fruit everywhere we go. You know, Jesus was a, was a good example of this. Mark 11, go there real quick. He was hungry one time, and he saw a, a, fig, a fig tree, if you will. And, he, and, and, and he, look at here, he saw it from afar. Mark eleven thirteen, And seeing afar, from afar a fig tree having leaves. And he went to see if perhaps he could find something on it. When he came to it, when Jesus came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. So he was hungry. He went over to it. He, he, it looked real good from a distance. Looked good. He went over to get some figs off of it. And there wasn't any on there. Did you know there's a lot of people, when you look at them from a distance, or you even, you know, they, they, they look like they got a lot of nice fruit, or you just see them at church, and they got a lot of nice fruit. But you go live with them for a day or two and you find out they don't really have any fruit at all. You know you don't really know about a person until you live with them for a while. Did you know that? Now come on, has anybody ever seen this besides me? You see people at church and they're just, they look like they got lots of fruit but you see them at home or you catch them somewhere else and you can't believe they just cussed somebody. I'm talking to Christian. They just cussed somebody out. I have to get my wife behind me. Hold me up. How many remembers Fred Sanford? <clears throat> so he's hungry. Looks good. He goes over to get the figs off the tree. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. It was not the season for figs. And in response, Jesus said, no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's okay. Is that what he said? No. Now, what did he do when he, when he got up there close and there was no fruit? What did he do? He cursed it. Let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. And if I had time, we could read on and we could see that within, within a short time, that tree withered from the roots and it died and it was never eaten from again. Why did it get cursed? It looked good from a distance, but on closer examination, there was no fruit there. And what did Jesus do? He cursed it. I don't want him cursing me. 
you need to come to my grace class. Now I'm going to start. We talked about it earlier. We're going to talk about grace. I believe in the grace of God. How many of you believe in the grace of God? I thank God for it. If it wasn't for His grace, we're all going to go to hell. But thank God for His grace. We can receive Jesus, miss hell, and make heaven. Isn't that wonderful? And that's a good deal. But I tell you what, one thing you're going to find out is that in the pulpits of America, there has been a lot of greasy grace being preached. I said greasy grace. This Bible does not teach greasy grace. You do not want to turn the grace of God into lasciviousness. That's what the Bible warns against. We'll talk about all of that. I believe in the grace of God, but I believe in the Bible grace of God. God's unmerited favor, but I do not believe in greasy grace. What do you mean by greasy grace? Come and find out. I don't believe in sloppy agape. You know what I mean by that? That word for love. What's the first fruit in the list of the fruit of the Spirit? It's what? Love. The Greek word is agape. It's God's unconditional love. We'll talk about that next week. We'll get into it. But I tell you what, one thing you'll find out about that word love, it is unconditional. But I tell you what, let's have agape. Let's have the God kind of love. But I do not believe in sloppy agape. You know what I mean by that? Oh, I love you. We see a person at church. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. Oh, I love you. I love you. And then no more than, no more, no more than, uh, you, you know, somebody tell me, Pastor, I love you. I love you, Pastor. I love you, Pastor. And then they get out. They don't even get up to the schnook store out there. And they're talking bad about me. That's what? Slape agape. Let's have the real grace of God. What do you say? Let's have the real love of God. Let's be fruit producers. Let's, let's produce fruit when people's looking, but let's produce fruit, more importantly, when people aren't looking. What do you say? Amen. He cursed it. And let me tell you, if you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. The fruit of the Spirit is tested and shown to be real only by pressure. Only by pressure will we find out whether or not you truly have the fruit of the Spirit. When everything is going good, when, everything, when the sky is clear and the sky is blue and everything is going wonderful and the waters are calm, we don't really know if you've got the fruit of the Spirit. It isn't until the crises of life hit. And how many of you know the crises of life come to us all? And until the crises of life hits you, you won't find out for really for sure whether or not you have the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is tested and shown to be real only by and through pre the pressures of life. Now, look at Galatians 5. Let me go on here a little while longer. I want to try to get through this here today so I can pick right up with love next week. Are you getting anything out of this? Yes. You learning anything? Yes. Galatians 5.19 The works of the flesh. Now we read this about the fruit of the Spirit here a while ago, but I didn't read this, so we need to get it now. Back Galatians 5.19 The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery. You know what that is. Fornication, adultery is having sex with somebody you're not married to. Fornication is having, well, if you're married and you're having sex with somebody you're not married, that's adultery. Fornication is having sex when you're not married. Uncleanness, lewdness, that all has to do, that has to do with homosexuality and so forth. 
Did you know homosexuality is not an alternative lifestyle? It's a work of the flesh. How many of you know that nobody's born a homosexual? Did you know that? It's a, it's, it's a lust of the flesh. It's a, it's a work of the flesh. Sinful. People don't have to be homosexual. Did you know that? Now you realize I'd get thrown out of a lot of churches in St. Louis for saying what I just said right there. Idolatry, that's putting anything ahead of God. Sorcery, that's witchcraft. Trying to control people. That's not just abracadabra, that's trying to control people. Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. Don't, let's don't just pick on the sexual stuff. Has anybody got a problem with their temper? That's the work of the flesh. Selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. What does that mean? There's other things that in the list that he didn't mention. And then this, this next part has my full attention. Very scary thing here. We need to pay attention to it. Of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who... What's that next word? Practice. Say practice real loud. Practice. Doesn't mean you just mess up or goof up or, or stumble or bumble. It means practice. It means a lifestyle. Those that practice such things will what? Will not inherit... The kingdom of God. That's pretty sobering, isn't it? So you got the works of the flesh. And then it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So what do we have going on here? You're either going to have the works of the flesh going on in your life, or you're going to have the... Fruit of the Spirit. Now, if you're taking notes, that's, that, that's really big that you get that, that you understand that, you're going to have one of two things going on in your life. You're going to have the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. One of those two. And I believe that to the degree the fruit of the Spirit develops in our lives, to that degree we will overcome the works of the flesh. That is one of the reasons why the fruit of the Spirit is so important to know about and understand because, I, because it's, it's not just I believe it. It's clear that to the degree the fruit of the Spirit develops in our lives, to that degree we will overcome the works of the flesh. How many of you want to overcome the works of the flesh? Do you know what the works of the flesh are? I just read them to you, didn't I? Did I read you all of them? No. He just gave a partial list. You can read other places in the New Testament where he includes other things. But you get the idea, don't you? What, what the works of the flesh are? You get the idea, don't you? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissensions, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, reverence, and the like. One of these, if you, I think if you read in the Amplified Bible, one of those words means like a, having a party spirit. We're going to go out and party and get drunk and carouse. That's a work of the flesh. How many of you know there's nothing going wrong to a good, clean party? There's nothing wrong with it. And you, you know God throws parties, did you know that? And you ain't been to a party until you've been to a party that God's thrown. You haven't heard, you haven't heard music like... I mean, 
Did you know the music of heaven? You get a little taste of the music of heaven, you won't want to come back here anymore. Did you know, did you know that? You had be, I, mean, I mean, when you, God throws... Did you know God can throw a better party than the devil? I don't want to go to the devil's parties. I want to go to God's parties. How about you? But all that being said, I believe the, deg- the degree, and it's not just I believe, it's, it's the God's honest truth, that to the degree the fruit of the Spirit develops in our lives, to that degree we will overcome the works of the flesh. And let me give you proof for that. Look at Galatians 5 here. Let's go back up to verse 16. He says, walk in the Spirit. And we'll talk a little bit about that. Walk in the Spirit. And you'll not do what? Fulfill the desires of the lust of the flesh. Isn't that what it says up there? I say then walk in the spirit. Well, I like the fruit tree you have up there, Diane. Very cool. I'll turn around and look at this once in a while. I say then walk in the spirit and you'll not what? Fulfill the lust of the Do you see that? Do you see the, that's proof for what I just said? You're either going to have the walking in the spirit and thus as you walk in the spirit, you'll have the... The, the, the fruit of the Spirit. And if you have that, you will not what? Fulfill the lust of the flesh. So if you don't have the fruit of the... If, you don't, if you're not walking in the Spirit, if you don't have the fruit of the Spirit, then you're going to be fulfilling the lust of the flesh. But if you'll, if you'll walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How do you overcome... How do you overcome an outburst of wrath? How do you overcome losing your temper? How do you overcome a sexual sin? How do you overcome gossip? How do you overcome drunkenness? You don't overcome it by just willpower and I'm going to quit. Now, you can do that for a while, but ultimately you won't be successful. Your flesh will go right back to it. I mean, do you realize when we get born again, our spirit has changed, but we still have this flesh to deal with? It's not the body, it's that, that principle, that fallen nature. Have you ever wanted to sin after you got saved? Anybody besides me? You wanted, you wanted, to, go, you wanted to go do something wrong? That, Paul dealt with it. it it's not, it, that's not a sinful thing. The Apostle Paul, that God used him to write so much of the New Testament, he dealt with it. He talked about it. He said, that the things I want to do, I don't do, and so forth and so on. It, it's it's it, that once we get saved, our spirit wants to do what's right, but our, we still have this flesh here to deal with. Do you understand that? And it's a struggle. It is a struggle. And I, every Christian struggles with it. Every one. And, and, and I've watched so many, and I've tried to do this myself, that by golly, I'm going to overcome this, this work of the flesh. by just I'm just not going to do it anymore. Well, there's some truth in that, but ultimately, you're not going to be successful. The only way you're going to overcome the works of the flesh is to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Did you get that? Very important. Well, help us all. It's very clear. Walk in the Spirit, you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Look at verse 17. He says, for the flesh, it's talking about that, that principle, it, it, that, you, that thing that's still in you that wants to sin, that wants to do wrong, that wants to gossip, that wants to lie, that, wants to, that, that, that we all have to deal with. And he says that that, that principle, lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh, 
He's not talking about the Holy Spirit here. Because if he was talking about the Holy Spirit, how many of you know the flesh would have no chance against the Holy Spirit? He's talking about the reborn human spirit. He said the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary to one another so that you cannot do the things you wish. Let's read this in the NIV. It'll make it clearer. He said the sinful nature, the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. Has anybody in here besides me ever, you knew it was wrong, you didn't want to do do whatever it was, and on the inside you knew it was wrong and, and, and you didn't want to do it, but yet there was a struggle? Has anybody dealt with that besides me? Yes. Is anybody listening? Is this two or three people? We've all dealt with this. I'm going to teach you how to overcome this. I've already taught you. I'm going to just give you more as we go. There's a war going on on the inside of you. It's a war. It's a battle between your spirit and your flesh. And the Apostle Paul, he wrote over in the book of Romans more about this. And he talked about it. And he he said there was a struggle going on on the inside of him. The only way to win the battle... The only way to stop lying, the only way to stop pornography, the only way to ultimately stop losing your temper, an outburst of wrath, or whatever, whatever work of the flesh it is, the only way to ultimately stop it is you've got to develop the fruit of the Spirit. You follow what I'm saying? So this is a good thing. This is we're trying to help everybody in here to be fruit producers. That's all we're trying to do here because does Jesus look for fruit? Absolutely. So that's what I'm trying to do. So um, here we are, and now I have to make a decision. It's quarter after 11. You want me to go on just a few more minutes, or you want to call it a day? All right, well, just a few more minutes. Look at, look at Romans 8.1. Let's just look at Romans 8, 1, sake of time. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Can anybody say amen to that? Now, the second part of that verse, notice what it says. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Now, in, in some Bibles, they don't have that second part of that verse. Some Bible translations. It was added later. Some theologians, Bible scholars say that that second part of that verse shouldn't be in there. Some say that it should. So whenever you run into that in the Bible, what you do is you say, okay, let's, let's, let's see if we can prove the second part of that verse out with other, other verses of Scripture. And you, you can. You can do that. So I hold that the second part of that verse should be in there. So let's read it again. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Period. That's good news, isn't it? But now once you're in Christ Jesus, now you have a walk. You have a walk. Are you going to walk according to the flesh or according to the spirit? Well, of course, we want to walk according to the spirit. So the question is, how does one walk in the spirit? How do you do it? Well, let me just close here, close this message by a couple of verses that will show you how to do it. First of all, go to John 6.63. How do you walk in the Spirit? How do you walk in the Spirit? It says there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So how do you walk according to the Spirit? How do you do it? Well, here you go, John 6, 63. Very helpful. It is the Spirit, Jesus says, it's the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. Now watch this. The words I speak to you are Spirit, and they are life. So how do you walk in the Spirit? You walk according to the what? The Word of God. So you're going to have to get into the Word of God, find out what it says, and then live according to it. Can you say amen? amen. Are you okay? Mark 4.20. Go there very quickly. Jesus in the parable of the sower. I don't, won't take the time to read it all, but he says these are the ones sown on good ground. He had just talked about the sowing of the word of God, the preaching of the word of God, and there were four groups of people, and three of them didn't produce any fruit, nothing, or very little. Some, one of them produced a little bit, but then it, it, it came to nothing. But the one that produced fruit, the, the, the people that produced fruit, now we're talking about how do you walk in the spirit, you walk according to the word. These are the ones sown on good ground who hear the word. How many of you know it's good to hear the word? But hearing the word is not enough. You're going to have to, what does he say? Accept it. And when you study into that, what that means, you're going to have to meditate on it. You're going to have to study it. You're going to have to give it proper place and respect in your life. That's how you walk after the spirit. You walk according to the word of God. When you hear the word of God, and I've watched this for years. It's interesting. I could be up here teaching. I've watched this for 30 years. I could be up here teaching. You have two people. One person is sitting there with their notepad. Just You have other people playing on their cell phones, playing games. You have some people hanging on every word. You'll have other people. You'll have some people just... Writing everything down, you'll have other people. Now you tell me which ones are walking after the spirit and which ones are walking after the flesh. Right? Absolutely. To accept it means you meditate on it, you study it, you give it the word, it's proper place and respect. And notice what Mark 4.20 says. People that do that will do what? They will, let's see if we can get it. They will accept it and they'll bear what? They'll bear fruit, won't they? How many of you want to bear fruit? And did you ever notice this next part? That the fruit, the fruit of the Spirit can be more or less. Some will produce what? Some will produce 60 and some? So not everybody pr- produces to the same to the same degree, do they? That's good to know, isn't it? I want to produce a hundredfold. Did you know that most time hundredfold is talked to, hundredfold is talked about in relation to money? And it really shouldn't be. There, 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 it's just it's, that prosperity is, I believe in prosperity, but much of it is out of whack. There is a truth in it, but you can take it too far. Fruit, let's, let's, let's don't talk about money. Let's talk about souls. I've, God's blessed me financially. But souls are more important. Love, joy, peace, and so those, that's more important. 
I tell you what, if you get the souls right, if you get the love, joy, peace, if you get that right, God will take care of the money. He'll run it over. Did you hear me? So how do you walk in the Spirit? You walk according to the Word of God. The Bible talks about praying in the Spirit. That just came up in my heart right there. I don't even have that in my nose. But you spend time in prayer. Say prayer. 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 And then, look at Romans 8, verse 5. Oh, this is so good. This is so good. The Word of God is so good. For those who live according to the flesh, what do they do? They set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So if you want to walk according to the Spirit, you set your mind on the Word of God. You set your mind on the things of the Spirit. You set your mind on what God says is important. And then verse 6 says, to be carnally or fleshly minded is what? Is death. But to be spiritually minded is what? How many of you would like a little life and peace in your... Well, then you've got to be spiritually minded. You've got to think on the Word of God. You've got to meditate on the Word of God. You've got to walk out the Word of God. Live according to it. See? Notice about how... So how do you, how do you walk in the Spirit? You, 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 you stay in the Word of God. You live according to it. You set your mind on it. Look at this. Will, this will be the last one. Colossians 3. Look at this. Just, just some various verses here. We'll start at verse 1. If you're raised with Christ, what does that mean? You've accepted Him as Savior. Seek those things which are aware. Above, where Christ is sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. See, if you want to overcome the works of the flesh, you're going to have to, it's going to start with your mind. You're going to have to set your mind, not on those things down here, but on the things above, on things of the word, you see, the Bible. For you died, your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's what happened to you when you got saved. The old you died, you're a new person, hid with Christ in God. Look at verse 5. Then he says, put to death. Realize, say, put to death. death. And you know, if you study into that, that means by starvation. Do you know you can, if you've got a bad habit in your life, a work of the flesh, you know, you develop in the spirit, but then then there is a second part to it. You have to starve it. Uh... When I had such trouble eating, I was, I was 60 pounds heavier than I am now, and I had such trouble, I just, I, 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 you know what I did? And it was a work of the flesh. Did you know gluttony is just as much a sin as homosexuality? I've watched people that are, that, that, that are so far overweight, it's unbelievable, and they'll sit there and criticize a homosexual while they're eating their Big Macs. How many of you know... Gluttony is just the biggest sin. Now, the sexual sins are worse. Obviously, I can prove that from the Bible. But, you know, we shouldn't just pick on certain groups of people. But when I was having such trouble, you know what I did? As I cut the food back and I refused to eat it, the first couple of days was, was just terrible. And then, and then as I got into the end of the first week, it was easier to not eat all the bad stuff. And now it's gotten to the point where I hardly ever eat any, any sweets anymore. It's just almost all gone. I used to drink Diet Coke. I'd probably drink, I'd probably drink probably, probably 12 cans of Diet Coke every day for years. Addicted to it. So, so what did I do? I just, I, I, I couldn't just wean off of it. I quit. I starved it. I haven't had a Diet Coke now in probably four months. And I'll never drink another one again. On it. I'm done with it. Can you say amen? Amen. 
But I, did, I quit it, and then I developed developing in the fruit. But then some things, you just you do have to starve them out. And, and in the first couple of days, it was all I could do when I drove by the quick trip. I was just, I was just it was all I could do. I'd be shaking almost because I'd go in there and get my Diet Coke. But, but after a while, now I can drive by the quick trip, and I don't need the Diet Coke. I get a cranberry. I drink something, something else, a cranberry juice, but I starved it. That's how you overcome that. You've got to starve it out. At first, you, your flesh will go nuts on you. But if you'll just starve it long enough, it'll get easier and easier and easier and easier. If gossip's your problem, just the next time there's a group of people talking bad, your tongue's going to want to go off or your ears are going to... Just, just lovingly excuse yourself. And while you're walking away from them, you're gonna, your flesh is going to be going nuts. I've got to know what the gossip of the day is. But you know what? After two, three, four, five days of not being around that, it'll get easier and easier and easier. And you'll get to the point where gossip will turn your stomach even to listen to any of it. Can you say amen? amen. Put to death, verse 5, your members which are, are on the earth... Talking about the flesh, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetous, idolatry, and so forth and so forth. On The Apostle Paul said he had to keep his body under control. Because of these things, the wrath of God's coming upon the sons of disobedience, and so on and so forth. Verse 9, do not lie to, oh, here we go, do not lie to one another. Verse 9, he's talking to Christians here in the Colossae. Do not lie to one another. You, you don't think a Christian would tell a lie, do you? I tell you what, just while I'm on it, I tell you, we need to be truth tellers. And wouldn't it be nice if politicians were truth tellers? And wouldn't it be nice if all the media were truth tellers? You know what would clear up a lot of the nonsense in Washington, D.C.? If the news media would just tell the truth. Then the politicians would have to tell the truth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds, see? And put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Well, did you get anything out of this today? Yes. How do you walk in the spirit? Get in the word of God. Yes. Stay in the word. Live according to it. Pray. Seek the face of God. Set your mind on the things of God. And when we abide in Jesus, set our mind on the word of God, walk according to the word of God, keep our flesh under control, the fruit of the spirit will begin to grow and increase. God will prune us and the fruit will increase more and more and more and more. And by the time we get done with this series, I want us to have so much fruit in here. Bless God, we can make a fruit salad. Can you say amen? I don't want any of us to be fruit. Have you ever seen somebody's fruit? Let's don't act fruit. Yeah, let's don't act fruit. Let's be fruit. Did you get what I just said? Stand with me if you would. I hope I cheered you up a little today. Remember, we're not here to entertain. We're here to teach you the Word of God. Bow your heads. Father, I thank you for this opportunity to teach your Word to your people. I trust that they got something out of it. Now, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're